Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant here on WCF Radio. I'm excited today because we are going to get into a subject matter that I've been probably wanting to talk about for a real long time on here. It's about being real, being the actual church, not playing church, not trying to be like somebody else, not trying to act cool or the part, actually being an authentic believer in Jesus Christ. And what will the church look like in the coming years? Well, I'm writing a book about this, so let's get into this today. What is the church going to look like in the next couple of years, decades, and how do we get back to being real? All that and more on today's broadcast. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I'm so thankful that you tune in to WCF Radio. It is a great radio station. If you're listening on the podcast, we want to thank you and welcome you as well. And uh, so I've been writing this book, and the book is called Come Out From Among Them. And so I've had to do a lot of researching in writing the book, and Part of what I've written about is the persecuted church in China. And I got to tell you something, uh, you mix that with what's going on up in Asbury University, the theological seminary up there, and uh, was it Wilmore or something like that, Wilmore, um, Kentucky, and you you combine that with what's going on in China. Do you know that there's a major move of God in China? Do you know they're actually having revival in the underground church and that those people are so on fire for God? And you know what's not happening in China? Big mega churches and, you know, big screens that cost like a hundred grand. And, uh, you know, and I'm not like saying that's a bad thing if your church has that or whatever, but I'm just saying, you know, the creature comforts that we have here in the West and here in the United States of America, they do not have. Because if you go to a church in China, that's a real church, it's underground. And I'm not talking about literally physically underground. I'm talking about it is, in some barn somewhere or somebody's house or in in some place that they can remain discreet from the communist Chinese government that doesn't want them preaching and teaching the entirety of the word of God. Does that sound familiar? Because that's kind of happening here in America, but I call it persecution light. We're not in the, uh, you know, full-blown communism like they're dealing with in communist China, but we are seeing infringement on religious liberties and freedoms. And we've been seeing this for a while. And they are starting to call elements of biblical Christianity hate speech. And they are telling us that we can no longer talk about publicly certain things like marriage between a man and a woman or, you know, just certain subject matters that are now considered, um, you know, dangerous topics or things that we shouldn't be talking about because we're not politically correct. And there's this whole cancel culture. And now the corporations and everybody's pushing this stuff. And so if you're a true, authentic believer in Jesus and you're watching all this, let me just say this too. I'm an evangelist and a preacher and, uh, you know, and a pastor, but I will, I will tell you this, okay? As I go around the country and I talk to people, there's a lot of unchurched Christians. And I'm talking real Christians. I'm not talking about people that just claim to be Christian. I'm talking about real, authentic believers that love the Lord on fire for Jesus And they're unchurched. You know why? Because they have a hard time finding a church that's actually preaching and teaching the entirety of the word of God. I know it's crazy, right? I mean, who would think that that's the challenge that you can't even find? There's like a church. I mean, I'm in Nashville, but you know, no matter where you are, if you're in Southern California or wherever you are, 
and I pastored in Southern California for 17 years, or you're in Northern California, or if you're in Montana, or if you're in Louisiana, or if you're in New York, wherever you're listening, you're in another country. Here in the United States, I'll tell you, there's, there's as many churches as there are coffee shops, especially in the Bible Belt, okay? They're everywhere. So it's kind of mind-boggling to me when somebody tells me I can't find a church. It's unbelievable, but yet I hear it all the time. And I think what the problem is, is there's a lot of people that are in the ministry, apparently, that don't really teach and preach the entirety of the Word of God. They're, they're afraid to talk about certain subjects. They're afraid to uh, be bold, even though the Bible says Paul went boldly. They're afraid to be transparent. I don't know what Kool-Aid they've drank or what it is, but for whatever reason, they don't preach and teach the entire word of God. It's, and so the remnant people are the people that are unchurched because they can't find a church that's actually moving in the spirit of God. Well, that's got to change. And I think it's in the process of changing. I think we're in a disruptive period right now, but I believe this is a period where there's going to be the misfits, the prodigals, those that you would consider to be the least likely, not your, not your typical people that God is going to raise up in this hour and use for his glory. And that may be you, by the way. One of the things that God wants us to do, and by the way, I think it very well could be you, because if you're listening to this program, I don't think it's by mistake. A lot of times we feel like we're small or we feel like uh, we're insignificant or we feel like, you know, how could I possibly do that? You know, it's easy for this person to do, but I don't know about me. Well, actually, I feel like God is calling us to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I believe he's calling out the, the people that feel that way. Because you know what? I felt that way, and I'm, I've been called out. So I can relate. You know, I was shy. Can you imagine that? I was shy. I, I didn't like to speak publicly. I was scared to death to speak publicly. Ask my parents. Uh, but yet, no, God gave me the, the chutzpah and the, you know, the ability to be able to do it. And I'm, a, I'm encouraged by that because I know that it's not on my strength, not by might, not by power, but by the spirit, says the Lord. So you can do that, too, even if you're shy. If you're shy and God is, is opening up a door or he's there's something that he's doing where all of a sudden you've been presented an opportunity to share the good news, do it. Do it and do it for his glory and watch what God does with you. Listen, you might get up there the first time and be super nervous. You might get up there the first time. And I was so hard on myself when I first started speaking. I was so hard on myself when I first started speaking publicly. I said, oh my gosh, I said this wrong. I said that wrong. I didn't do this right. But you know, people would come up and they'd say, hey, thanks for sharing what you did. It blessed me. And you know what? The Lord starts showing me, stop being so hard on yourself. You just show up. Be like the prophet Isaiah. Send me. Show up and watch what God does. Show up at that school. Show up at that meeting. Show up at that Bible study. Show up with that person that you're supposed to disciple. Show up at whatever it is that God is opening a door. Walk through the door. Don't be afraid. Now, of course, if it's not the Lord that's opening the door, then don't walk through it. But if the Lord says, do it, or he's presented an opportunity, I don't know who I'm speaking to today. But if he's presented an opportunity, walk through the door because it's going to lead to another door. This is what's so cool. It's like an adventure in Christ. You know what I'm saying? It, it's literally an adventure. You, you, you walk through one door, you do one thing, you're obedient. My wife and I, we moved to Nashville. It was like totally uncomfortable. I knew some people in Nashville, but I didn't know a lot of people in Nashville. I was a Southern California boy. I was a Hollywood guy. 
And all of a sudden, I'm in Nashville. Now, you know, Nashville's got some similarities to Hollywood, some. But there's a lot of difference out here, let me tell you, okay? But we stepped out of our comfort zone, and all of a sudden, in, in that obedience, God started opening up these doors that only he could open. I mean, it, it's actually remarkable. I still marvel at it because it's like we live on the edge of civilization, kind of near like farms, and if you walk outside of my house, you can hear cows mooing, okay? <laughs> my wife thought I was going to be really uncomfortable here. I actually want to move out more now. I'm like, let's go even farther out, you know, but um, she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, let's go for, I want acreage. I want, you know, I would love to have like a, a whole, uh, you know, uh, like a several acres of land and, and, and like a big barn. And I mean, that'd be great. I can't believe I'm saying that because that's totally not who I was the guy that would have wanted to live in like the high rise building in Hollywood or something. So way different period of my life right now. But you know what? We stepped out of our comfort zone and we found out there was something there. A door leads to another door. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but a door leads to another door. But first, you got to walk through the first door. And this is, this is a time where if you do that, God is going to bless you because you're obedient. He's always going to bless you if you're obedient, by the way. But he wants us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. It's about being steadfast. To be steadfast, I'm going to read from this, uh, my notes here, it says, is to be steadfast is to be immovable, not movable, okay, and spiritually grounded. A steadfast person knows what he believes and cannot be tossed back and forth by the waves and be blown here and there by every wind of teaching. An unmovable person can hear false teaching, engage doubters, and defend truth. <laughs> Are you listening to this? Without the shaking of his own faith or her own faith, obviously. In this other epistle uh, to Corinth, Paul expresses his concern for the church. Now, listen to this. I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, that your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Even believers who had been personally taught by the apostle Paul were victims of deception. How much more vulnerable are we? So here's the deal. To remain steadfast and unmovable, we have to know the word of God. 2 Timothy uh, 2.15 says, Be diligent and present yourself approved to God as workmen who does not need to be ashamed uh, accurately handling the word of truth. Okay, to accurately handle the word of truth, we must not only read the Bible, we must allow it to become part of us. This is that authenticity I'm talking about. It's taking it back to the basics. It's taking it back to the core. Those unchurched people, those people that are sincere believers in Christ that have been seeking, and it's like God is saying, look, if you can't find a church, then start having a home group. I'm serious, but make sure you stick to the word of God. I mean, there are good churches. If you're if you're in the, uh, you know, the Antelope Valley area, you can go to Westside Christian Fellowship. That's a great church, Pastor Shane. But you know, there there's some areas that people don't, they can't find a good church. And if you can't find a good church, start inviting your friends. I'm talking about you've gone to 10, 15 churches and you just haven't found home. Then start inviting some friends over to your house and start getting into a Bible study. Or you know, there's so many different things that we can do now. The church is. You know, we're the body of Christ. I mean, it's not about the building and the big screens and the, you know, the, the skinny jeans and lattes and donuts and, 
everything that the American Western world has made it about. And again, those things aren't bad or horrible, but the deal is that it's gotten away from biblical Christianity. And so we need, we, the, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. Do you guys know Francis Chan? Have you heard of him? I mean, this was a pastor that he was like a hop, skip, and a jump from my church in Chatsworth, California. And Francis Chan, I mean, he had like a mega church or at least like a mini, you know, it was, a pretty, it was getting pretty big out there. And all of a sudden he, you know, the Lord just told him to go and start planting house churches all around the country and later the world and in Asia. And, you know, I think he's back in the United States now, but this is what he's been doing for many years. And it just changed, the whole model changed for him. It was like the Lord just disrupted him, kind of like he did with us where we left the church in Chatsworth and we went out to Nashville. I mean, it was like a disruption. Like all of a sudden God's like, go. And you're like, you know, I'm looking at my wife like, go. What do you mean go? We, this was our call. This is what we're supposed to do. It sounds like, well, that was that season, but now I got a new season for you. You know, so it, it's about that being comfortable with being uncomfortable. If the Lord says go, you know, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. We're not building our own kingdom. We're building the kingdom. And so we're just representatives of the king. And so what I'm trying to say is like, just do something. We're called to do. We're, we're supposed to be doers, not just hearers, but doers of the word. Faith without works is dead. So, you know, for the people that are in church that are listening to this and and maybe you're not in uh, the area where you can go to Westside Christian Fellowship or another good church uh, and, and, and you're listening to this right now, here's what you can do is do something. Start start meeting in a home group or start having people over your house or, you know, just start assembling with the brethren so that, that, that we can be accountable and that we can pray for one another, exhort one another, encourage one another, and, and there could be eldership and, and all those things that are important according to the word of God. But I really believe where we're going, and as I was saying, I'm writing this book, and it's like the church is probably not going to look like it. In fact, I know it's not going to look like it has for the last 30 years. There's a, there's a change. Does it mean that Jesus changes? No, the, the, the Bible and Jesus are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. But what's happening is that we're going back to the foundations, and as revival starts breaking out in more and more places, and we see the glory of the Lord manifesting in, in, the, in the natural here and in the supernatural, and I believe we're going to see miracles and and all, all types of things that, that some of it's going to be kind of mind-boggling, honestly. And we're going to see, like I said, the misfits, the prodigals, you know, tatted up people, people that have been on drugs and alcohol, methamphetamine and opioids and, you know, fentanyl and all different types of deep addictions, you know, sex addictions and, uh, you know, even people that have probably changed their gender. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of people and it's going to look messy, but it's going to be of order because it's going to be in the Lord. But what he's doing is he's, this is an end time move of God that we're about to step into. And so, it's not going to look like what we've, what we've seen over the last 30 years. It's gonna, there's going to be something very significant. And so as the world, it might get worse. The world is going to get worse. The persecution is probably going to be worse. There's probably going to be you know, all different types of things that are going to be happening that are going to be egregious like we've even seen in the last week or two where they, you know, they're like shooting down things over the country now. And you know, there's wars and rumors of wars and you know, there's all different types of things that I mean, if you watch the news for any given amount of time, you could easily get depressed. But God is calling us to come out from among them. Like, yeah, that's happening. He's like, yeah, that's happening. But here's what's happening in the kingdom. There's a massive harvest. Here's what's happening. The prodigals are coming home. Here's what's happening. The drug addicts are coming to know Jesus. They're leaving their drug sacks at the altar. You know, and, and so if you have the, the, uh, the unction of the spirit to speak truth, just start speaking truth. Start speaking the, the word. Start speaking the Bible. Start going. What does the Bible say? Go and make disciples of the nations. You know, when I first started 
preaching. You know where I would preach? I'd preach on Hollywood Boulevard. I'd get a keyboard. Yeah, this is true. I'd get a keyboard and I'd go out there and I'd lead worship and I'd just sit on Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, it's wild when I think about that. Like, I was like, wow, I did that? Like, yeah, I actually did. I didn't even have anybody with me a few times. I would just go by myself sometimes. But you know what? People would come up. <laughs> people would come up and they'd be excited to, hey, somebody's leading worship. There, there'd be people weeping right there on Hollywood Boulevard. There'd be people coming out of the club, you know, weeping. And by the way, I used to be in the club. I was one of those people. And I remember I'd walk outside of the club and there was this guy with like, you know, a cross that he would, he would walk around kind of like uh, Arthur Blessett. And he'd be walking around with this cross and like I'd be coming out of the club drunk and I'd see this guy with a cross and it convicted me. And he would just smile and hand me a track or something and I would just, I'd get into my car and I just knew I was in sin. I knew I wasn't right before God. And so if you think that people that are in sin, maybe you're in sin, but you know, if, if you think that people that are in sin don't know that they're in sin, they know they're in sin. That's why they bark at you. That's why they lash out. Why do you, you see all those people on social media lashing out? You know why they're lashing out? Because you're convicting them. And they're angry. Why, why are they so angry? Have you ever wondered why these people are so angry? Well, some of them are demonized, but a lot of the anger is also because they're convicted and they're lashing out in their brokenness. And so these are the people, you know, I heard this guy, he's an atheist, and he was saying, you know, he was like critiquing a, a minister friend of mine on a video, and I just happened to find it on YouTube before I was going to bed, and I'm, I'm listening to what this guy's saying. He's like, if you can prove that miracle happened, I'll even become a Christian. Well, guess what? I'm an evangelist. I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen those miracles happen. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen blind eyes, you know, open up and, and start working. And, you know, I know a woman right now, she used to wear the thickest glasses that I ever saw. And now she doesn't even have to wear them. She never got LASIK. She never got any surgery. The Lord just touched her in a prayer meeting and he healed her eyes. Uh, we were in Dallas, Texas, not that long ago. Somebody got up out of a wheelchair and was walking around. This is a person that couldn't even move. And their family was just like, what is going on? You know, and everybody was weeping and crying. And it was just one of those moments. And yet this actually happened. And that person, by the way, wrote me. Yeah, they found my website and they wrote me and they, they just expounded upon the story of what happened afterwards and everything. I was like, wow, these things are happening. And so don't listen to the negative Nellies and the, and, the, and the heresy hunters and the people that are out there saying, oh, the miracles aren't for today. My life is a miracle. I was stabbed nine times, one in the heart, and God spared my life. My life is a miracle. My brother had croup pneumonia at the age of three and a half and almost died. And, and, you know, he's special needs today, but God spared his life. My mom was on the way to the hospital when he was in there and he was touch and go and she was praying and she was a Catholic at the time and she was praying and asking the Lord, you know, to heal him. And she felt a hand on her shoulder and there was no one else in the car. And she heard the audible voice of, the God, of God saying that he was going to heal him. And that's how my mom got on fire for God. And she, you know, sought the Lord and she became on fire woman of God. And then she became a preacher. There's all kinds of stories. I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on. And so there's these people out there that they want to lie to you and say that this isn't the reality of our world and that it's actually trust, you know, science and not that science isn't, you know, good, but like, Real science is just going to expound upon the fact that God is real and intelligent design. I mean, the Big Bang, you know what that is? That's God saying, let there be light. And there was light. You know, it doesn't matter how advanced we think we are as humans. It's just all the, 
That's why they can't prove the Bible wrong. Have you ever seen the movie The Case for Christ? I mean, Lee Strobel was an, a, an award-winning journalist, and, and he, started to, he, he started on this journey, embarked on this journey to try to disprove the Bible, and what happened is he ended up getting saved because of it. And I've seen this story over and over again. Now, there was just a guy recently I was listening on, um, oh gosh, where was he? He was on some podcast. Oh, he's on Joe Rogan. And he was, a, he was a former atheist, and he started investigating Jesus, and he became a believer because he found out that it's real. And so that's the whole thing. Like, we've got to stop with the doubt. We've got to stop listening to the, the, the voices out there, the propaganda, the disinformation that tells us this stuff is not real. This is real. And God wants steadfast believers, unmovable, unshakable, you know, uh, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. Those are the kind of Christians that we should be building. Those are the kind of Christians that we should aspire to be. Steadfast. Not chasing the latest it thing or exotic Christianity or whatever it is that's the latest buzz that's going to come up and go down. Something that's built on somebody's personality or a ministry name or something like that. Those things, are they come and they go. You know how many of those people I've seen up and down over the years? But when we build ourselves on the solid rock, the firm foundation, and we're, in, we're, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we have an encounter with the living God, oh my gosh, it changes everything. And so to the authentic believers out there that are listening, and you're like, you're resonating with this message today, the whole thing is like, do something. We, it's time for us to do, we're all doers. We, we gotta be a people of action. The, the, you know, we've been aggrieved when we look at our country and we've been grieved to see the things that are happening over the last many years and just how evil and wicked it is, whether it's the Grammys where they're having literal devil music and people in cages and, and red devils. I mean, you know, it's just so in our face and so ridiculous, but it's like the church has the authority to pull down the strongholds. The church has the authority to change this. And that's why it couldn't be a, po- a political figure, by the way. That's why God said, look, it's gotta be, you got to come back to me. It's got to be me. I, it's got to get to the point where I'm your only hope. And that's what happened in the nation of Israel. You know, and I've always said we're meant to be a Nineveh that repents and not a Sodom and Gomorrah that gets destroyed. There's been a lot of people speaking doom and gloom and losing all hope. But there's, you know, I'm still here. I'm able to speak on the airwaves wherever you're listening right now. And there's no one sitting over my shoulder telling me I can't speak this stuff. Like we still have time and there's still hope. And wherever there's a remnant, that means that God is not done moving. And I believe he's moving right now. I believe he's moving right now on some of your hearts. I believe he's moving right now, even in this broadcast. I feel the anointing of the spirit today. I was watching that Asbury revival. And I'll tell you, I, I started weeping because it's like, it's not about a name. It's not about a ministry. It's not about a person. Thank God. This is, this is happening because kids have decided to get on their faces before the living God and cry out. And that's what it's got to be. We've got to take it back to the heart of worship. We've got to be humble and contrite. It can't be with some ulterior motive or you know, our desire to be platformed, or our desire to be a celebrity or celebrity-like or for money or for fame or for likes or for followers or for any of that. It can't be that. It's got to be about the spirit of living God, authenticity, realness, truth, righteousness, his word, hungering and thirsting. I'm telling you. And this is where I think we're finally at. We finally got, we had to peel away layer by layer of all the messy stuff. And I'm not saying that that's all gone, but I think there's a good enough group of people right now that realize, no, it's gotta be Jesus. 
the authority is in the name of Jesus. You know, the authority is in the name of Jesus. So to remain steadfast and unmovable, we have to know the word of God. It's plain and simple. You know, we got to be diligent to present ourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. That's so profound. To accurately handle the word of truth. We must not only read the Bible, we must allow it to become part of us. It is the truth. It's, it's, it's like, that's it, you know? It should penetrate our minds and our hearts that if it shapes our thinking and actions and everything that we do, it should so fill our minds that we can detect error when we hear it. That's so important. Satan uses scripture for his own purposes, twisting it to sound as though it says something that it doesn't. This is like so good. I don't know if you're getting this or not. If we have to, you know, if we have to not be diligent in our study and meditation on truth, we're, we're vulnerable to error. The, the counterfeit, the false religions, they can be persuasive. You know, when they quote Bible verses to support their error, even Christians can be duped by smooth sounding heresy if they don't have a solid ground in the whole counsel of God. It's God's desire that we grow daily in our understanding of him and his word so that we remain faithful until the end. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for a people that'll say, you know, send me, I'll go. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, you endured until the end. The Bible says those who endure until the end. You know, we, we've got to endure until the end. That's the thing. Yes, endure until the end. Stand on the, on the solid rock, the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. So listen, I got to go here because the time is already up. But maybe some of you need to make the commitment today to say, I am going to do something. I'm going to be a doer. I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be that person that's planted on the solid rock. I am, I, I'm a person of action. I'm, I'm going to, this is it. Like now is go time. If that's you, just say, that's me right now. And I believe the Lord wants to move on your behalf. And I believe the Lord wants to anoint you and appoint you. You've been raised up for a time as this, friend. Hallelujah. All right, we love you. Join us for Sunday service. You can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. And you can find all of our information there. And God is moving. He's not done with you. He's not done in your situation. And I'm just so thankful that you've tuned in today and join us again next week at the same time. And again, if you're in the Southern California area, uh, you're up in the, you know, the Palmdale area, Lancaster, that, that area, make sure you check out Westside Christian Fellowship. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.